TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome in to Hoist the Colors on this Tuesday, February 20th edition of the show. Very excited about today's program. We have got a visit with former ECU second baseman Connor Norby coming up in the second half of the show. He's about to start spring training down in Sarasota, Florida with the Baltimore Orioles. He's on the doorstep of the major leagues. His younger brother, Ethan Norby, now with the program. So we recorded that last Friday. We're going to air that for you here today on the program. Later on, but we are going to start with Team Boneyard, an NIL discussion with one of our board members. He is Matt Slates, and Matt, welcome into the program, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate being here. Uh, get to relive my uh, WZMB days here of, uh, of being on the radio again. So Yeah, we were talking pre-show, and, and I found out, I, I knew you had a background in Wall Street, which we can touch on, but... Uh, you've done a little bit of everything, man. DJing and talking on the radio, and uh, I guess you feel right at home here to yeah. a degree. No, this is this is pretty awesome, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been quite a journey. That's kind of kind of what makes it uh, really interesting. The, the the what we're doing now with uh, with Team Boneyard and how you have to think about things, right? It's not just uh, it's not just a collective, but it's it's all the different tentacles and how you reach out from a social media standpoint, from being on 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 the air and and, and creating content. Uh, so it's it's. It's been a learning experience for me, and I really enjoy it. So you've been on the Patrick Johnson show. Some some, some uh, ECU fans tuned in might be familiar with your story a little bit, but let's go sure. into your background and obviously being a part of, of Team Boneyard. We've had uh, you know other board members on. We had David Free from Anson Belt who supports this show. Uh, we've had Doug Gomes. We've had Hank Hinton. Tried to get Lance Clark on, but he wanted to do written instead of coming in studio. So uh, at least you you uh, you had the courage to come in studio. So take us through the Matt Slate story. What led you to uh, you know to ECU and then joining Team Boneyard years later? Sure, the the, the quick one. Uh, the yeah, quick the, story. the quick yeah, one. The quick story. So really, what brought me to ECU uh, was probably ninth grade, and I came to band camp here. Oh, uh, the band camp. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. So, yeah. So like we're gonna really go back, right? So. Uh, played trumpet, played brass instruments, uh, came here probably ninth, 10th grade, uh, for band camp. And it just really exposed me to the concept of being on your own for a couple of weeks. Uh, loved everything about the campus, everything. Um, it kind of set the bar for me. And I, I grew up in Portsmouth, Virginia. So my mother in particular made me look at every school in Virginia and I, well, it's not ECU. Right. Um, that was, uh, my, my senior year was 1991, 92. Uh, didn't hurt that, uh, they, that was a pretty good time. They were pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, we believe, uh, so, um, I was here in 92, 96. And, and while I was here from 92, 96, I have a biology degree. Uh, so that makes perfect sense to, to translate to wall street, but, uh, it, it helped me learn how to make decisions. Um, had a mountain in business. Uh, when I graduated, moved to Charlotte. Um, first real job was with Moody's investor service was there like 18 months. And I joined what was nation's bank, which became bank of America was there for 25 years and spent 17 of those years as a trader, uh, 13 of those years in New York, uh, city doing that for him. So pretty interesting, uh, story. I would have never, you know, if, if you give me a bingo card, it wouldn't have been on the option. Wouldn't have been on that bingo card uh, right. when I was, when I was 18, but, uh, uh, pretty amazing story and happy to be back here. Uh, we, we, we moved back, um, this past year, uh, I have a freshman at ECU, uh, so I, I, it's, it's pretty awesome to have someone else bleeding purple and gold in the house. 
Um, I'm married to a Hokie. So, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a shame that that football series has ended, at least for now, because yeah. uh, there were some good bragging rights on both sides for a while. There were, but she's uh, she's adopted purple and gold. So okay. It's awesome. Well, that's good. And, and obviously moving back. From New York City back to Greenville. Uh, I don't know, like, what's what's more at home for you now? Um, this is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this really is, right? I figured out um, how to navigate around town without getting on Greenville Boulevard. That okay, the, there you the, go. The, the biggest piece uh, to, to figure that out. But, uh, no, I, I, I enjoy um, – th- this is a lot better. I actually lived in New Jersey, so – Okay. I was spending at a minimum two, two and a half hours and some days four hours as commuting – um, and Sounds th- miserable. Yeah. When you start adding that up, it was basically the month of February if you just got up in the morning, the beginning of February, and spent the entire month commuting. That's about the amount of Gosh. time I spent trying to get to and from work. And I just got to the point where that was that was enough. There was, you know, the, the stress, the overall lifestyle. I was just ready to, to get back. Um, and I always felt like this place was home. I've, I've, I've been involved since the moment I left. And ECU is a special place. Anybody that, that went to ECU or has been around the athletics program or anything, and I'm guessing that had a big reason. You know, being involved with Team Boneyard, uh, did, did Hank Hinn reach out to you? Do you guys have a acquaintance? What led to you getting involved with Team Boneyard? Hank and I, just, um, when I moved here, we, we, we began to have conversations. Um, you know, I was also, I'm also involved with the ECU Foundation, but uh, I think that, that those connections had happened. Um, I actually uh, serve on a board with his wife, Meredith, okay. uh, um, in, in the College of Arts and Sciences. Uh, so there's a couple of different ways it started. Um, and uh, we, we, we really had a good discussion one day, we, we, you know, the way most, most business gets done. We, we talked on a golf course. <laughs> there you go. That's, a, that's the way to do it. Uh, Matt Slate with us. He is a board member of Team Boneyard. And uh, – I tell you what, we almost had every board member in here. We're about to get David Price in next, and I uh, know him really well. And then obviously Lance Clark coming in one day. All right, so we'll start with this. We're going to talk some big, uh, big picture stuff. But yep. the Sup Crush Vodka Team Boneyard. Yep. If you're watching on stream, by the way, we are live on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, the bottle is just awesome, man. And I know that uh, for for those who weren't aware, it was this past what Friday it Fr- went on sale at the Tenth Street. Uh, ABC store, yeah, the 14th Street. Exactly. The new, the new, the new one um, right there. I guess it's Charles and 14th. Yeah, yeah. Um, next to Jolly Roger was where where we debuted. Uh, pretty awesome showing. I, one, I want to thank everyone that did show up. I mean, we had a line that went all the way around the back of the building. Crazy. Um, and my wife was standing in the line. She's like, you know, this thing keeps going. It's, <laughs> it's going. And I was inside trying to get pictures uh, for social and, and thank people. So, uh, but but just an amazing response. Um, and it, but it, it also tells you, uh, you know. What the response and what Brett has built too. I mean, right. I can't. It's amazing, I can't thank uh, Brett enough at Subdogs for his investment that he's making in NIL and, and creating this product. Because I mean, 100 percent of the proceeds of this vodka are going to Team Boneyard, and he's he he was an initial sponsor and investor. I mean, he he's put money into NIL since since it started. Uh, but I mean, I think this can can kind of create you know like. Increased by like five times what he he, he was putting in. So um, can't thank him enough. Uh, and he's also obviously got uh, his flavored vodkas out, and they, they did really well. And his distillery is opening this week, I think, at the end of the week. Yeah, it, it, it all times out perfectly. And yes. I'll just say, you know, we do uh, the SUP show, um, you know, for, for ECU Sports mm-hmm. Network, and I've talked to Brett on a number of occasions. And, like, his, his vision for NIL – he understands how important ECU success is to his business. And obviously he's having success either way, but he's like, man, when ECU does well on the field, 
it creates so much more opportunities for his business. It does, right? I mean, it, it, it creates, you know, away games are, are, are more well attended inside his restaurant. But he also, I mean, when you really get down to it, he understands that athletics is also just a big marketing piece for the university, right? So uh, when you think about getting uh, young people to want to apply to go to school here uh, and what we're competing against in state, he knows that it's, you know, it's all part of the process. So having, having you know, athletics doing well, Helps. Uh, I, I kind of call it the front porch of the right. university, but uh, it, it, it really does help. And so, you know, he and he and everything he does is quality. Hey, I would agree with you. The bottle, everything is looks, just amazing. Sharp. Um, and when you touch it, it's not like it doesn't. Everything about it feels great, even when you take the cork off. Uh, right. And, and, and it's and I will say it's very good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so get in it. So so now uh, for people that didn't go to the initial sale. These are available, what, in ABC stores now across Greenville? Yes. So we the, the initial launch was just at, at that one pet ABC there, but now they are all uh, – th- this vodka uh, and I believe orange are currently in all of the ABC stores in Greenville. By the weekend, I believe hopefully by Friday, uh, they will be in all of the Pitt County ABC stores. Uh, we already have an order from Orange County uh, in Let's Chapel go. Hill. Yeah, there we go. They're gonna, they are gonna. They ordered 24 bottles. They want to see – how it sells. So as soon as we know that it's in Orange County and on uh, on those shelves, we will make sure that it's on our on our you know social media and Twitter accounts that uh, we need Pirates to pick that up in Orange County because if they sell it, they'll keep carrying it. And and trust me, uh, Pirates I think will like uh, the taste and will like what what what, what he's created. Um, it's gluten free. He's done. I mean, he he thought through everything mm-hmm. uh, when he created this. It wasn't just that sort of something uh, that he threw together, uh, you know. And when you go, when you're here in town, and the distillery opens, and, and the cocktail bar opens too, um, it's something that that you you talk about New York City. That reminds me of New York City. It's a really? bar. It's a quality that if you went into a bar at New York, you went into a hotel bar. That's what it reminds me of. Um, and so it's something that I think adults uh, will will. There's something now you can go, wow, let's go to downtown Greenville. There's, right. a, there's another reason, right? And I think he, he looks at that. He looks at the hotel. He looks at the things that are happening down there. And he, ha- to your point of the vision, the campus, his vision of Campus Edge and what that looks like um, in, in five years, that's why he's making this investment. He's uh, he's a bright guy, so definitely support uh, the new distillery, also Sup Dogs. And, and I wanted to hit on – I know you have some numbers as well. So let's hit that first uh, before we kind of get into the – I feel like more businesses can support you know, Team Barner. We'll talk about yeah, that a little absolutely. bit. But uh, the numbers, big big weekend for – It was. Uh, the, it was pretty the amazing. Market. I think uh, you know uh, everybody was uh, exceeded expectations. But they sold a little over 2,100 bottles total. Of crushed vodka, both Team Boneyard and Orange. Um, but for, for Team Boneyard, this is the three-day total. This is just sat Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I don't know uh, how many people right. picked it up on Monday. But uh, 1,248 bottles of Team Boneyard by crushed vodka. That's the, uh, the plain vodka. Another 858 of the Orange. So I got them to 2,106 uh, in those three days. Really cool part about Team Boneyard. So for those three days, though, we were the top-selling uh, product in a liquor store in a single liquor store in the state of North Carolina. That's so, awesome. So that, I mean, that tells you the support. But you know, Pirate Nation showed up uh, and, and uh, participated well um, and, and, and and did what pirates do. I know that's the thing. Is like uh, from a sustainability standpoint, we're talking about pre-show. Like yeah. pirates, obviously, they're gonna you know drink a few rounds, but I don't think it's gonna stop from there. I think it's gonna keep going. So this is something that can be a sustainability. It is uh, I, oh, absolutely. This is kind of we're, we're you know we, we've you know you think about nil in the, in the beginning. It was really kind of a rush to figure out how to get enough money to make a difference. 
Um, and that's the first part of that process. But we're really now as a board sitting down and saying, okay, what makes this sustainable, right? Because, and I, like, I know this from my time on the foundation, um, you know, donor fatigue happens, right? I mean, right. people, people are getting asked for money for everything. Facilities, universities, scholarships, you know, this, that, you know, but I mean, there's just a point where you go, okay, it's, it's, it's a lot of ask. So I do think creating product that, um, allows people to, to, be involved, feel involved, make a small investment, uh, and, and get something tangible out of it. And it's actually something very good. And I think that's, it also sets, um, the, the groundwork for other businesses, I hope, in Greenville and the surrounding areas to think about how they can be involved in this. Uh, I mean, when, you know, cause to Brett's point and to, you know, when, when ECU wins, Greenville wins. And I know that from being someone that traveled, um, for, you know, since 1996, but I mean, I, all, all 13 years except for the COVID year, I was in New York. I pretty much made all six games, so I can tell you uh, the challenges of finding a hotel room, figuring out a rental car, flying into RDU, doing all the other things. Right? I did that because um, you know I wanted to be here and I wanted to be part of it. Uh, but you want to be part of it when everything is successful. So I think he, you know, when you think about what it means to a city like Greenville, those six weekends are huge. So is baseball, right? I mean, right. we just had the highest three, you know, game opening set uh, of attendance ever, right? Well, I mean, that matters to all the hospitality, uh, in, in the city and our surrounding area. So that's, you know, it's, it's a win for everyone, uh, in these situations. So I hope others think about how they can, you know, how, how they can participate in, in ideas. I think we're open to many ideas of, 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 how to do this, right? I, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a blank slate, which is cool. Right. Like you gotta get, kind of, kind of write the script. And I feel like just from my point of view, you know, I'm not on the boards, but I, I talk with you guys and just, you know, sub dogs has been great. Basil's has been great, but I feel like there's an, there's, there's more local restaurants around here and, and they don't have to, you know, they don't have to give a, a monster donation. Just be involved. I feel like yes. it's going to go a long way for them. It does, and and and, to, and on our part, we have to figure out also how to make sure that they feel like they're right. get, they're getting something out of it, whether it's out of social media, whether it's out of appearances. Um, so you know, we have to we we as a board also have to take that upon ourselves. If it's just not something they're going to do, we have to sit down. But that, I think those conversations. I think we're we're at a point now where we're at, we're ready to have those conversations, right? I mean, the hard part in the beginning was just trying to figure out. What are the rules? How do we do this? How do we how do we get enough money to make a difference, right? And, and meanwhile, the NCA is just every day you don't know what the new rule is going to be. Okay, you know you you have to sit out if you transfer. No, 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 you don't. Actually, now you can transfer twice. Like what you know? So you you know you've got coaches that are trying to figure out um, what their playbook is of of allowance. Uh, we're, we're, we were also trying to figure it out. So I think we're finally now beyond that to this point of okay, this is real. This is going to be around. It's not going anywhere, right? I've had to, I've had people say, "Well, how long is this going to last?" Now, this is this in some shape or form, the the operating environment of of of, of, in, of college athletics has changed, and you, you're not putting this back in the bottle, right? I mean, th- th- this is going to be there for for a while. How it ends up, right? You know, whether it goes, you know, I think the NFL went through these these same problems in the right. <laughs> long time ago, right? But you can kind of go back and look and read about, okay, what happened there, right? I mean, you know, it, it pulled apart and then they finally realized, hey, we are better together. So I do think you have to start to, you know, get better alignment uh, across the board with um, with your multimedia provider, with everyone, um, and, and row in the same direction. But I don't see an IL going away. 
No doubt. It'll be a, a part of it, I think, for the foreseeable future and, and beyond. All right, Matt Slate from Team Boneyard is with us. Let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll talk about some of the things, other things they're looking into doing, a shop, and uh, you know, also maybe some events as well. We'll discuss that on the other side. This is 94.3 The Game. Hoist the colors. We'll be right back. Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, Hoist the Colors, 94.3 The Game. We're back on this Tuesday. We've got Matt Slate in studio. We've got our interview with Connor Norby coming up here shortly. But uh, fun discussion thus far. Again, we are live YouTube, Facebook. If you got a question, this will be our final segment with Matt. We'll get him on in the future. Uh, he's already better than Hank, so you can tell you can tell Hank I said that. Better in oh, studio wow. guest than Hank. Don't get too mad, Hank. I know you uh you are paying me to do the show, so maybe I shouldn't say that. Uh all right. Matt Slate, and we want to hit on first off, teamboneyard.org. You can go there to donate every dollar counts, and you guys are doing the tax deductible option for individuals that want to give through the parents for public schools of Pitt County, and that has been something We've seen on social media that's really uh, taken off. I think for you guys, oh, it's been awesome, right? Because we, we really do. We one, I want to thank uh, Parents of Public Schools, Pitt County, for for allowing us to be a partner with them, um, and it is a tax deductible option. But they have really done a wonderful job with getting uh, our student athletes into the schools. So I think since the middle of January, maybe end of January. Uh, this year, we've already had 55, by, by this Thursday, we've had 55 students, uh, in schools across Pitt County, uh, with over 55 hours spent, uh, w- with, uh, with, with our younger students in elementary schools, middle schools, and things like that. But as, when we talked about appearances, right, you, you, we're like, how do we create something that our student athletes also get something out of, right? So, parents of public schools, they have, um, you know, they've got a great orientation process, but they really do un- get the students to understand, uh, our student athletes to understand when they're in the schools, they are the leader. They are the role model, right? And it gives them this opportunity to be kind, to really, you know, sit down and, and make an impression, uh, on, um, our, our, our students here in, in Pitt County. Um, and the feedback has been amazing. Uh, teachers have sent in notes of just how kind and how personable our student athletes are. Uh, and, and it shows their leadership, right? I think, you know, they, they get the orientation, which is kind of like, you know, get coached a little bit about, hey, this is what this is, th- this process is. But they've also really just invested uh, and show, you know, the quality and the character uh, of, of our student athlete that we have. So uh, I think it's something we're really proud of. Um, you know, there's there's different ways to do it. We could just say, hey, we're just going to have autograph session after autograph session. But what is, you know, that that's you know that's that's part of it. But this is really about how we help our student athletes uh, understand what it means to give back. Right later in life, this will be something they remember and it's impactful. Right, and it, and it isn't always about giving money. Sometimes it's just about volunteering and giving time. And I think that's. Um, and, and you know something we hope that it leaves an impression, and, and, and I want to thank everyone that has invest that has given money through either route because that um, that has allowed them to do this. So you know we, we haven't taken it lightly. We we really do appreciate uh, all, all of that happen. And you go to teambonar.org, you'll have also the 1907 option yeah. recurring per month, obviously for uh, ECU founded yes. in 1907. Right. Um, and I know. You are looking maybe at remodeling some of yeah, the membership stuff. Absolutely, I think we're thinking through the membership models. Yeah. I think you know you finally you can also look. I mean, you know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. But we look at uh, what some other collectors are doing. Um, we, we're looking at it, you know, nationally and, and across our conference. 
Um, but we, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to connect. So maybe it is also, maybe also delivering something at, at certain levels that is tangible to, to donors. Um, so we're trying to feel, figure out how to do that because there's six of us, right? So like, you know, we've, we've done some things like mailing out a hat, but that means somebody's got to fold the box, right. print out the thing, you know, put the thing, you know, put it in the mail, mail it and on, on and on. And we need to figure out how that happens automatically. Um, so there's, you know, there's, it, that's, that's some of the things I think people behind the scenes don't understand. Hey, we, we've got to figure out how to make that happen automatically, right? And, and, and part of that's also, uh, we hope to have a, uh, a shop up and running that will be able to sell some gear, um, uh, that's NIL related. Um, and, you know, having someone like David Faree who uh, runs Anson Belt, who, you know, runs an online store, uh, evolved as, uh, on the advisory board is invaluable. Um, but his time and effort that he's doing with that and social, uh, has been pretty incredible. Um, but you know, it's, it's getting those right pieces aligned so that we can start to make those next steps, right? And so I think you're going to see more of that. And we know that, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of hit our marks we wanted to hit for, for football. Uh, I would still say we, we still would like to grow a little bit from a basketball perspective, uh, and support Coach Schwartz and, uh, Coach McNeil a little bit more. Um, you know, and I, I think that they're, they're also figuring out, you know, how this plays into it because, you know, you're, you're in year two, really, of, of, you know, this being something real. For them, so uh, you're gonna you you, you kind of have to you know learn learn through mistakes and learn through it and, and adjust, right? So that that's kind of where we are with them. And we were talking also like th- there are the diehard fans that want to give directly to Team Boneyard, but then there are those that want to see uh, the return and maybe they want to buy merchandise more so than just give a donation. So that's a big yeah. part of the shop uh, potentially as well. It is, and we're trying to you know anything we do, we we want it to be quality too. We don't want it just to be a cheap T-shirt that you wash twice and you're like, oh, wow, this thing faded out, right? right. Like, so we're 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 also trying to look at that, and making sure that it's something that people would want to see that it is quality, that it's delivered the right way. Um, and it's also done where I, 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 I'm not the one taking it to UPS. Right. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right. So popular question we always get, uh, are there any planned events, you know, whether it be concerts or some sort of uh, we, gathering, you know, planned? so we are going, our, our plan is to do something small uh, at the spring game. And I think that, that hopefully will involve a, a little bit of a silent auction with some, uh, unique events, I would say, uh, experiences, I would say, is actually okay. the right word. Um, so, you know, I, I think we're, we're working on that right now. Um, we'll, we'll, hopefully we can get that put together. There is the thought, though, we, we know we need to put together some other events. Um, we've, we've seen some, you know, there's some concerts and things that we've talked about. Uh, it, it's just getting, it's getting everything aligned, both from a performance perspective, the space, um, yeah, even, you know, like, do, you know, hey, we know what pirates are. We have to make, we have to right. have like busing and things like that. So it's getting that aligned. Uh, but I do think you will see something, uh, you know, within the, within the, this year, uh, to do that. Great opportunity coming up. Uh, we, we have app coming in town. So, you know, I think we're, we're looking at that as, uh, a, a really powerful weekend that this Greenville will be full. Right, uh, it'll be hopping uh, for that 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 particular weekend. Um, so we're trying to do some of those things too, and, and we realize that that's part of the sustainability model uh, is creating something, not just asking people just to you know solely give. A couple of minutes left with you. You said earlier, you know, y'all y'all feel good about the goals, and I know you may not want to get too specific into the numbers <laughs> because other teams are listening. Whatever yeah. Doug has kind of talked about a, a number, you know, around a million, north of a million. Uh, do, you know, do you feel good about where y'all are? 
supporting football and men's basketball because those are the two revenue sports. They, they are, I, and I think you know, like I said, I think we're uh, we're focused. You know, it, that's the other part we have to also start to stretch out is the time frame, right? Because it seems right. like you get kind of you know like oh we got to do basketball right now. Well, really, that needs to be thought about twelve months. Ago, yeah, right. And so ahead of time, ahead of time, working on it. Um, and so I feel like we, you know, we, maybe a little bit more there to do, uh, but we're already thinking about the next year's football right. as well, right? So it, it's it, and and we're not going to just spend it to spend it, right? We're we're very cognizant of, hey, I think we've got the investment made that we're going to make on football. I hope everybody can see that. Um, uh, hopefully, that helped the coaches when they were uh, thinking through the the portal and how how they recruited. Um, but we want to. We've we've got to uh, make that a year long process. Um, I, th- I think, from a goal perspective, we feel like we look. I think we were up, you know, almost two hundred fifty percent. Right, that's pretty, that's pretty good, good growth. But you're not going to be able to do another two hundred fifty percent next right. year. Right, yeah, it, it does become you know uh, diminishing. Right, um, but if I had to, if I had to put it to context of what do I think East Carolina is going to need. Year in and year out, um, to Doug's, Doug's mentioned it, but I, I, I think it's a million and a half to two million bucks, yeah. right? And that's just part of the funding model that is athletics, right? I kind of view it as we've got to raise roughly eight, eight and a half million dollars for the impact fund for the Pirate Club, right? They need that to fund scholarships, to fund the cost of living, the things that they're allowed to give, right? And I think that this is somewhere in that buck and a half to two million dollars, which gets us to ten. Right. That's really the number. Right. Right. And you have to kind of just think of it as what are the different pieces. But it really is. That's the that's the number that we I now think we need to be able to raise to help fund ECU athletics and where we stand within our conference. That will put us in a very good spot. Uh, Also, I think in our conference, we've we've done a pretty good job trying to benchmark and due diligence where we think our uh, peers are. And I think we're in the upper half of our conference right now. Right. Um, but there's no reason why we, we, we can't be, you know, in that top two or three. Um, and I think, the, that we can get there. Um, but it's going to take, it's going to take more creativity. It's going to take things like we just did, uh, last week. Um, it's going to take, you know, adding those kind of other lev, I call them levers, but you have to start pull down those other levers that create other, uh, other, other revenue, uh, coming in. Uh, Robert, we were talking about this earlier. He says, might be a Blake Pearl concert in the future on YouTube. Huh. So, uh, so, maybe we can set that up. So, uh, <laughs> great minds think alike, Robert. Yeah. Uh, and then Cameron, I don't know if this is you guys' department. This may be more of an Adidas, like merchandising. He says, any way we can get custom jerseys that actually look like the authentic ones that we can buy in the future? I'm guessing that is more of a licensing. There's a license. Deal. Yes. So, th- it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I have looked, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Company. I want to say it's like Campus Inc. or something like okay. that. And they're doing something like that uh, for a few schools. Uh, and the, the, the one school in particular I saw that they had was UConn. And they had really okay. done UConn hockey, uh, which is something we don't have. But it was right. really Look good, really sweet-looking jersey. So, yes, uh, it's something that we need to think about. But it's also about getting the right uh, person that can manufacture it, procure it, uh, deliver it. So uh, it takes a lot of alignment. But, no, it's it's – it's something we need to, to kind of go through. Uh, you know, you can get things on Fanatics right now, but they don't – it's not – it doesn't look like what we have on the court, right? right? So right. That, that's the big difference. All right, Matt. Well, this has been awesome, man. We could go the whole hour. We do have a Connor <laughs> Norby interview to play, but uh, we'll get you back in studio and uh, get some more info. Uh, but we appreciate it, man. This has been awesome. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you for having me. Um, and you thank, I want to thank all the uh, anyone that supported us in any way. I mean, it is, like like 
like Stephen said, not, you know, every single dollar counts. Um, we're, we're putting it to the best use we can, being very cognizant of the investment we're making uh, in our student athletes. He is Matt Slate, great representative of the board of Team Boneyard. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll shift gears. We'll talk to Connor Norby, ECU, former ECU second baseman, now with the Baltimore Orioles. We'll have that conversation. This is Hoist the Colors on a Tuesday. We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors. All right, welcome back in to Hoist the Colors. Very excited about our next guest, a guy we covered at East Carolina. And, of course, is now in the professional ranks with the Baltimore Orioles. He is Connor Norby. He's down in Florida getting ready for spring training. Connor, how's it going, man? I've been good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Connor. Well, first off, we'll start uh, down in Sarasota. Florida is where you guys are, the Orioles training facilities for spring training. Just take us through the, uh, the, the preparation you've put in and getting that invite to spring training this year and kind of what, what's the atmosphere like as you guys get ready for, for regular workouts and everything this preseason? Um, it's, I mean, it's exciting times for Baltimore and we just, you know, big trade the other couple weeks ago. So fans are even more excited, but, um, yeah, I mean, things are good and ramping up now. I've been down here for about a week just working out and stuff, but every day we keep ramping up and, Pitchers and catchers are here and everything like that. Um, so getting some lives, going through like a normal spring training day pretty much, just minus the game um, and just getting ready. Basically, it's dotting, dotting the I's, crossing the T's right now. So you have been with the Orioles organization clearly since 2021, since getting drafted, and you've had a pretty – Steady but quick rise through the system. You've had success at every level. And we'll talk about your pro career kind of before looking back at ECU, man. But uh, last season, phenomenal year in Norfolk. You hit 290, 21 bobs, 92 RBIs. You just kind of had a complete season. And and you guys won a championship. So can you even kind of describe the year you guys had at at AAA? Uh, I said this the other day, but I felt like when we left spring training, if we didn't win a championship, I kind of felt like the year was – a disappointment and not thinking that I was going to be in triple A all year. That's never, never the goal. You want to be in playing the big leagues, but I also am not blind to everything. If that makes sense. Um, I see like, I'm, I know the talent I'm around. I know like who's quote unquote ahead of me and stuff like that, but you just prepare like any other, any other person and you try to win a job every day you can. And, but I mean, last year was special and it was a lot of fun and, it's crazy you see a lot of the business side when you get up to that level and beyond. And um, so we had a it's kind of a revolving door at times, new guys coming in and out. But um, the same court felt like, and we just we we stuck with it. We we're a really close group. Um, played played really well together and played played well when it mattered most. And it was a lot of fun. Connor Norby is with us, former ECU second baseman, now with the Orioles and knocking on the. The door of the big leagues, Connor, and, you know, I was going to ask about that, like, you know, as media, we kind of individualize so much of minor league baseball, prospect rankings, all that sort of stuff. How do you guys keep the team mindset when, you know, in in many ways you are trying to put yourself in the best position as an individual, but obviously winning is still the most important thing at the end of the day? I think it's it's easier because I feel like everybody I'm close to is – like one of those top guys, you know what I'm saying? Like we just have so many 
in so many talented players. Like with just kudos to the Orioles for how they drafted the guys they brought in, and uh, like it's, it's kind of crazy the talent level that we have here. That some guys, some teams don't even know about, and like there's guys that you might not have heard of that I see on a daily basis that I'm just like, wow, this guy can play. Like he's a stud, and I think that brings out the best in everybody. And um, but there's not any selfish guys, not any me guys, which is nice. And I mean, that's special. You got a lot of guys that are committed to the winning atmosphere and what we want to build in Baltimore for many years to come. And I think that's what makes what makes it special. Y'all have a ton of talent, as you mentioned. Who are some of the guys you've really kind of built a bond with over these last few years? Have gotten to know well in your journey with the Orioles. I mean, I came in with. Kowser, Colt, he was drafted right before me, and we've been through every level together. Um, so I meet him, we're close. Me and Kobe Mayo, uh, I get close with Heston Kerstad, like Jackson Holiday, uh, like you just name it. Like there's like there aren't many guys that I'm not familiar with and not close to, and can't. There's not many guys I can go up and have a simple conversation with and um, shoot the you know what with, but. It's just, it's a great Oregon. I love it. And obviously you're, you know, in big league spring training and you're around a lot of big leaguers, but you've, you've been on teams with these guys before. So I don't know. Are there any older guys that have taken you under the wing at all? Or is it more just like you already kind of know all the guys that, you know, you, you've played with them as a young roster overall. I, I don't know. What's that dynamic like as well? Um, I wouldn't say anyone's like taking, I kind of just, I kind of say to myself, Self out there and try to just get getting it out, but like one guy I like to lean on a lot is um, Ryan O'Hearn. He came from Kansas City last year to us, and he's been awesome with me. And I love like loved playing with him for the brief time he was in AAA before they called him back up, and he just raked last year in the show. And but like it's also Baltimore, we're uh, we're getting younger. It feels like we're a young team, um, and we only have more young guys coming. So it's it's kind of like Gunner, for instance. Like I talked to Gunner um, or Jordan Westberg, guys that have been up, uh, been up in the show and experienced a little bit and gotten their experience and what what helped them, what didn't help them, and that type of thing. Um, those type of conversations you have with those guys. Connor Norby with us, Baltimore Orioles prospect, former Pirate. And, Connor, you had the type of season where basically I think if you were in any other organization, you probably would have been in the big leagues at some point last year. And how do you just, you know, block that out and just focus on the, the daily process, whether you start this year in the bigs or not? How, how do you kind of just focus that out, even though that's your ultimate goal for sure? I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't hard and it wasn't difficult and something that you don't think about on a daily basis. But at the same time, you got to just you trust God's plan. It's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. And you just want to be ready for when your name's called and whether that's out of camp, whether that's in June, September, you just never know. Um, just trying to stay ready and trying to just, like, everyone's still trying to get better. You're always trying to improve at what you can. And, um, but yeah, my, my goal right now is I, obviously I want to try to win a job out of camp, just like everyone that's, that's here. It's why you play. You want to play in the big leagues, but you just try to stay positive and you have, you have those conversations with guys that, um, and that can help you and that type of thing. And it can help a lot and just, like I said, believing that it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. 
we know you as the second baseman. I know you've been playing some other positions as well to kind of increase that versatility. So take us through that, learning different positions defensively and increasing uh, your ability there. Well, I consider myself like a Lane Hoover out there in outfield <laughs> or Bryce Worrell. But, no, uh, I was actually just messing around when, in, when I was in Aberdeen High A. And um, one of my buddies, he was rehabbing with us, and he had started a second baseman, was all then – transition to both outfield and second so I asked him about how it was because I was like I can play outfield like I can catch a fly ball and so we went out one day and I finally got like the green light from some higher ups saying yeah why not so they threw me out for a game and um just been kind of playing more and more as the years went on I think I played like eight ten games or something in 2022 and then I played a bunch last year and left like twice a week so it's just trying to increase that that versatility, not having me only play, be able to play second, like trying to find ways in the lineup, that type of thing. Um, and I kind of look at it as a kind of a day off in a sense or a way to get off my feet a little bit out of the dirt. But I've enjoyed it. It's definitely a new challenge, but um, I think it's fun, and I have a lot of guys that I can learn a lot of different things from. Connor Norby with us on the phone, and we're getting ready for opening day as we record this on Friday. Uh, the week weekend will probably pass by the time we air this, Connor. But your brother, Ethan, now a freshman at East Carolina, and I'm sure you were following the program anyways after moving on. But take us through your emotions there. Are you going to be more nervous watching him versus playing? How's that dynamic going to work out? He, he tells the story wrong, too. So if he ever says, Anything else other than what I'm going to say, he's wrong. He said that he didn't have, he didn't want to go to ECU because he wanted to basically have his own path, his own journey, which I was 100% for. I, I agreed with him completely. I was all on board with it. And I was like, you're going to, like, you go do you. You can go play college baseball at a lot of different places. Like, I'm full sport wherever you want to go, except North Carolina. <laughs> but, um, no, his recruiting started picking up a bunch once he um, switched teams that summer, and um, a lot of different schools started calling. He started taking the visits, and then he calls me one day, and he's talking about ECU, and I'm like, dude, I thought you didn't want to go there. And he's like, well, you know, Cliff called me, and I'm like, oh, God. And he goes for a visit, and he calls me right after, and they were eating lunch and he's like i'm gonna i'm coming to ecu and i'm like you don't want to think about it like i'm pretty sure cliff always tells every guy like take a day at least think about it and before you make a decision and i'm like are you sure like you're just finished the tour or whatever like 30 minutes ago and he's like yeah but i was like dude just think about it so he calls you back like 30 minutes later he's like all right i already told cliff i'm coming to ECU." and obviously like i got chills at that time like it was it was a cool feeling knowing that he's going to be where I was and um, he's going to have the opportunity to do and to break the, break the door down. Something that uh, unfortunately I couldn't get done. We couldn't get done while I was there, but he's, he's got a chance and I'm excited for him and excited for this weekend. And uh, it's going to be fun. So Ethan Norby lefty. I've seen him in scrimmages, uh, pitchability guy. What's the scatter report from from Connor Norby on Ethan? He's gonna hit. He's gonna hit spots. He's gonna in, out, up, down. Um, Got to pick your poison, pick your battles. Uh, 
he's got good stuff. He's working a lot with, he's been working a lot with AK and he speaks high up to AK as do I sometimes when AK is nice. But, um, yeah, he's, he's a competitor. I can, I consider, I compare him a lot to Mayhew, maybe not with the velo yet, but the, the competitiveness, the fire, like Mayhew came out and he didn't fear anyone ever. And I think Ethan is very similar to that. And he holds himself to a higher standard than most. So he's, he's going to, when he steps on the mound, he's going to be amped up. And my, I know my mom's probably going to be crying and, um, I'm going to be smiling, watching him, and same with my dad. But he's going to be fired up and ready to go, and he's going to do everything he can to put a W in the column. So Trey Daly from the Dirtbags, obviously great travel AAU program yeah. in North Carolina. He told me that you called him and were like, hey, you need to go watch this Ethan Norby guy. I was your brother. And he went and watched him, and you know he obviously started playing for the Dirtbags, and that kind of kick-started his recruitment. What do you, what do you remember about that? Pretty cool move by the big brother to give uh, to give Ethan some looks. I just he wasn't. It helps when you're around talented players. No coach is. It's hard to get recruited if you're not on a team that has some other talented players. It, it's just it is what it is. And his team at the time, it, they just didn't have the talent that was bringing in scouts to watch him play. And he'd played a year, and he was. Playing, like he was playing fine and playing pretty well, but it's just like you're when you're around talent, better at talent than even yourself. Like your game's gonna naturally rise. Your like your competitiveness is gonna rise. And I, he just wasn't getting the looks that I think I thought he should have been getting. And I called Trey and was just like, "Is there anything like he doesn't need to be on the top team? Just give him a look." Like, and I think Trey went watched him and he's like, "Dude, he's stud." And then I think he went watched him again. And he's like, yeah, he's going to be on the top team with us. So, and he was, Ethan was all fired up about it and playing with a bunch of those guys. And I mean, a lot of them are ECU players now, um, called basically the dirtbag ECU. It's like the ECU transfer portal. <laughs> no half doubt. the, half the, half the ECU team plays for the dirtbags at least every year. So, but yeah, Trey was awesome about it. And, um, that really just, kick-started his recruiting to a whole other level. And, Connor, you got to ECU, you know, from the dirt bags, obviously. And uh, your freshman year, you had to earn it, man. I remember there was one game Cliff uh, even told you in front of us in the media, off the record, of course, but he was saying, hey, Connor, basically you need to do better in school or you're not going to travel. I don't know if you remember that. It was <laughs> it was after the Wilmington game. but Yeah, he told me a lot that year. <laughs> but, obviously, you did that, man, and, you know, took off. So, I guess, like – what was that relationship like with Cliff early on, and then how does it, you know, transpire to today, and how much he meant to you? Uh, Cliff is as tough as they come at times, and but he he cares more than guys know, and he loves to he loves to know his players, and I think that's such a unique um, trait for a coach like him because not many coaches do it like that. Not nowadays. It's a lot of, especially with NIL and stuff now, it's a lot of that revolving door. But Cliff, like, he wants to, he cares about you as a person, as a student, cares about your family. And that's like, it means a lot to him to know who you are. And so he kind of, we just butted heads a lot. I'm stubborn. I don't listen at times. I still do that now. I still get my fair share of, uh, you know, what chewings, but, um, 
he 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 just cares so much about the program and his guys and um I think we just butted heads a lot and once I had to mature I for, for sure like that was the biggest thing I needed to grow up and I think summer ball was a great way for me to grow up and back out on my own and getting my confidence back that lacked a lot that freshman year so but it only helps Ethan Ethan saw me go through it and saw the worst of it and I haven't gotten a single phone call from Cliff saying Ethan's not doing something so we'll just say he can I'm waiting for my thank you from Cliff we'll say that Yeah, I'll remind him of that. That he, uh, yeah, he needs to say thanks. Um, and last, last thing for you, man, before we let you go. When you look back at your ECU career, you obviously had a tremendous season in twenty one. The you know the twenty twenty year, unfortunately, cut due to COVID, but you were off to a great start there. Like, is it? Can you even pick out a moment you remember the most as a player, or is it more just the camaraderie, the you know the locker room bond you take with you uh, from your time with the Pirates? I mean, those locker room. The, the the stuff you go through in the fall that really brings you close to guys. Um, but I mean, there's so many memories from 2019 regional to the 2021 regional to, I mean, you have a lot of ups and downs between, um, I think that my, that team, my, my last year, I thought that was, I thought that team was one of the best teams I think ECU's had in a long time, maybe ever. In my opinion, I'm biased, obviously, but I thought we were, we just had it that year and we had everything we needed and it just, we couldn't string it together at the end. But I mean, that was, that team was so fun and special and I still stay in touch with a lot of those guys. So it's, and when I go back and to Greenville, it's nice to see everybody. Um, but. I mean, I think the whole program is just like from Blake to Cliff to Palumbo to AK to everyone in that locker room. Like, it's just a, it's a special, it's a special place. I almost forgot. I got to ask you one Minnesota Vikings questions because you, you retweet <laughs> or like the Vikings stuff more than anybody or complain about the Vikings, which I enjoy. Yeah. Um, are they going to re-sign Kirk Cousins? What should they do there? Man, I, I, I'm, I love Kirk. I do. But the more as the weeks have gone on and the more stuff I've seen, I just, I don't know if it's time to move on. But I tell you what, if whatever keeps Justin Jefferson in Vikings uniform for the rest of his career, that's what I want. So there's your answer. That's a fair question. He's a stud. Well, Connor, hey, man, we appreciate the time. Best of luck. As spring training gets going, we're obviously following you in Pirate Nation, man. You were awesome to cover. And uh, best of luck this spring, and hope you're in the big league soon, man. Yeah, thanks, I go. Absolutely. Go Pirates. That's Connor Norby. We'll be right back here on Hoist the Colors. All right, there is uh, Connor Norby. Uh, we're, we were going to take a break, but we got, we're got we running short on time after a great interview with Matt Slate from Team Boneyard and also Connor Norby. Appreciate him. Of course, his brother Ethan made his debut through two innings in the Friday game win over Ryder. All right, we got Philip Pilkin in producing. We got to hit this. We got to talk about his boy, William Byron, winning the Daytona 500. Hey, he led the most four important laps. He uh, came from behind. It was tough. Uh, he had never finished better than 21st in that race, so. I was pumped last night. May have chugged a beer and smoked a victory cigar, but uh, it was great. Is this the highlight of your sporting life? No, uh, watching the Red Sox break the 86-year curse was definitely the highlight. 
Okay, but it's up there. All right, we got to get out of here tomorrow. We've got Bobby Harward, Kaysen Romaley. We will talk to you then on Hoist the Colors. This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group is not your typical insurance.